from 1965 to 1980, a generation was born on this planet into a world they didn't create. This generation promptly experienced video games, VCRs, and the chicken nugget. Today, still remembered through movies and music, that generation thrives as middle-aged men and women. If you are bored, if you want to learn something new about something you already know, and if you can stand them, then maybe you should listen to The Latchkey Files. Okay, so today, this is going to be an interesting one that we're going to talk about, Coach. We're going to talk about toys. And I, I have this, we're going to talk about, so we're going to start off with the 70s. I'm going to mention a toy. I want you to tell me if you played with it. Now, some of these I remember playing with as well. So I will jump in with that as well. Then we are going to get into 80 toys, which is something I'm an expert in. And you probably stopped playing because you were a teenager <laughs> around cases, this probably, at this point. Yeah. But there is an interesting thing that happens that makes the 70s and 80 toys so very different. So stay tuned right. to, to see where we're going with this. I'm ready to go down the nostalgia. You ready to go down here. the yes. 70s nostalgic fun? Okay, I so am. let's let's start easy. All right. Big wheels. Did you oh, have the a big, big wheel? wheel? Oh my gosh! Yes. Uh, my brother and I had big wheels. We had it where you could put the little I'll call it a toggle, so that it would as the as the wheel turned, it would hit the toggle and make a little engine sound. Oh, like you're. I mean, it wasn't an engine. Kind of like the uh, the the baseball, like a baseball cards card and the spokes. That spokes tires. But the big wheel. Uh, I want you to remember the shining going oh, through the thing right. there. It was like that, except even more stable than that. Really? Like, oh, big wheels were, it was all about the push you could exert on the front wheel. And if you pushed a little too hard, it would skid because it, I mean, it's hard plastic. It's not really, it doesn't really <laughs> have tread. Um, but those things, we took those things everywhere um, because they were incredibly stable. Like, the only way they fell is if you took a turn way too fast and way too sharp. Even then, you're already on the ground. I was going to say, you're, you're already on the ground. Anywhere. And you're an indestructible nine-year-old, you know, anyhow. Oh, no, big wheels were huge. They were our, our transportation mode. We still had them. They probably got a little cheesier by the time, you know, I had one 10 years later. But, yeah, we definitely still had them. There was, I, love the, I love the simplicity of the name. Just big wheel. Big wheel. That's got what the it is because the front wheel is huge. <laughs> it, was, it was essentially, I think, it was our version of the, the penny farthing bicycle, except it was plastic and it was three wheels instead of two. But no, it was literally our mode of transportation. Like you would say with no sense of irony, hey, mom, I'm going over to Jimmy's. I'm taking the big wheel. Like, like you had options. Like you had a whole stable of vehicles, and you're choosing the big wheel this time. Yeah, leave the skateboard at home. Yeah, no, I think I'll take the big wheel. What do you think? Oh, and it had a platform on the back. Oh, you could stand. You could either stand or if you wanted to. We never used it this way. The person in the back could push, could be the motive power. But you didn't do that because the person in front, where would they put their feet? Because now the wheel's turning yeah. and the pedals are going. But you could take a passenger if, if you wanted to. You could hang on from back there. So, But I just remember telling our parents, we're going somewhere and we're taking the big wheel. So if, if you look outside and it's missing, I've got yeah, don't it. Don't worry. It's, I've got it. I'm taking. <laughs> so if you needed it, Mom, <laughs> I got it. I'll pick it up your prescription, too. I'll be right back. Yeah, I'm going to go <laughs> down to the market. All right, so Big Wheels, yes, oh, that, that resonates. Okay, 1970, Parker Brother, they release something called Nerf. Now, you heard of Nerf, everyone's heard of Nerf, but I didn't know that it's actually an acronym for something. Makes sense, though. It does. It. Non-expanding recreational 
phone. Why not? Nerf. That sounds about right. There it is. So you remember this. I remember that. Oh, Nerf? Oh, heck yeah. You had the Nerf, Nerf basketball, which was technically called the Nerf, the Nerf Oop. So no, there's no H. It was one word, Nerf, and then O-O-P, Nerf Oop, because it would be hard to get that F and H in there. And that was the thing you hung on the inside of your door. It had like a, it had a backboard, but who cares, because your door is the backboard. So you hung it up there, and you had your Nerf ball, and you could, you could shoot baskets. But what you really did was use your bed to get, you know, extra lift. Oh, jump. sure. You'd hit your head on the ceiling, and you'd have, you know, your... Breaking your, the... How many doors have been oh, broken? Oh, doors, you, and your kid right. brother would try and block your shot, and you'd go flying in, and you'd go crashing into it. Remember, some of them would get pretty violent. I remember oh, yeah. playing that with, with my buddies. Major, major fouling going on. Right. And then if you lost the Nerf ball... It was always because basketball orange, right? Orange ball. A pair of rolled up socks worked. You know, you could use anything. And those Nerf hoops, many, many a game in the bedroom with the Nerf hoop. You could do trick shots. The ceiling came into play because the hoop was usually pretty close to the well, ceiling. Well, then you'd knock all that popcorn ceiling off. Yes, your, the stucco off your, stuff. Uh, all the stuff. <laughs> and of course, there's Nerf footballs. Same idea, just a different thing. That's been huge. And now, Bionics. I mean, that led to how many other things that the byproducts of it between like darts. Like, just think of, oh, yeah. you know, the uh, the dart gun, look where it's at now with everything. Oh, yeah. And um, you could even have a Nerf, like a Nerf bat, but you'd use it as a sword. So. Ah. You're yes. having sword fights with your brother. If you if you clocked him one, it wasn't quite as bad. It wasn't as bad, and then we were deciding who was going to be the last Highlander out of the whole right, thing. Right, and so. if you decided I hit you in the shoulders, <laughs> that means that arm That's is cut it. off. But all that meant was you just can't fight with that arm. There's no shock. There's no blood. Just that arm's gone. That's gone. So you have Move to switch in. weapons the other side. <laughs> we had no real sense of anatomy, so if I no. poked you in the middle, we didn't really know. Boy, oh, that's, that's a vital that, organ I just got right or there. Not, or, um, <laughs> But speaking well, of that, what was the other game about surgery? Oh, okay. Do you remember playing, and this is for the listeners as well, the game Operation? Yes. You remember this. Terrifying game. Why was it terrifying? Not for the reasons you think. Not because the cartoon naked guy you were worried about, because you had no story. You didn't know who it was. Did he have his hair parted in the middle? Yeah, he had kind he of looked a, like that kind of a guy that just got made fun of. Man. Right, yeah, there he is. But he was, he was just a doughy, <laughs> doughy dude. <laughs> it was because the metal, when you when you completed the circuit and the metal of your operating tongs touched the metal of the receptacle that you were working on, his nose would light up and a buzzer would go. But the buzzer was like a Final Four <laughs> buzzer that startled the heck out of you. Just, so it wasn't just this gentle, oh, by the way, nope, touch the sides. It was as if you killed him. Didn't it actually got a shake now. a little? It shook, it shook a little bit, too, Well, because I it? think the buzzer was yeah, so Yeah, it was violent. so loud. So you're thinking <laughs> you've got a widow and orphans. Like, you've, you've killed them. Now, the, technically, the game had cards that you turned, and it told you the operation you had to perform, and it gave a dollar value. But really? nobody played that one. I don't, rem- yeah, I don't remember that. Nobody played that. One. I think people just started messing with just it. Just went in, like, see if you can get this thing. Pull it out, yeah. Thing. Um. So not a lot of they actually tried to have a game to it, but I don't know of any human being that played it that way. I yeah, I don't remember. Now that you mention it, it sounds. And he probably had a name, right? I'm sure, the same way. I don't that, know. The same way that the dead person in Clue has a name that nobody uses, <laughs> Mr. Body. You know, just, just that guy. Just the dead guy. <laughs> but yeah, Operation. We had that. 
Remember here's that. one. Here's this is one for if you were not alive during this time period, you maybe maybe have heard about it, but you don't remember it. And that is the Pet Rock, 1975. Yes. You, if you haven't heard of this, you won't believe it. Correct. You flat out think we're lying to you, or that there's more to this story. The Pet Rock was exactly what it sounded like. A rock. I think it was usually a river rock, so it was kind of smooth. Right. That's it. That's the story. Well, it's obviously there's got to be something. You dress the rock up. You could do what you wanted. It's your <laughs> oh. <pet. laughs> and it gave you, I think they had like a manual for how to deal, you know, how to, how to care for it. Okay. Now this As if it 19- were a living organism. I'm, I'm still baffled. I, I know there's no shortage in this world, particularly America, consumerism for the stupid things that are produced and then bought. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get that. But this one I find. Right. I know you're coming off the 60s, and every, I mean, <laughs> this maybe is, maybe this was an acid trip gone wrong. This I is mean, this is Music Man Harold Hill levels of <laughs> levels of deception. I mean, uh, was it Gary Dahl? The Gary Dahl, and it, okay. Now that I'm looking at it, it, actually came it came in a cardboard carrying case. You're right, accompanied by a manual, the care and training of your pet rock. That was it. This hats this is off it. to you, Mr. Dahl. Just he like, made a million dollars. I'm literally selling rocks. Made a million dollars buying these rocks for probably a penny and turning around and selling for. Or a if bucks. buying them at all, just just right. Just he went collecting. He it. went in his backyard. But, I mean, they were, if I remember right, they were they were like river rocks. They were okay. You know, palm size, maybe a little smaller than your palm. So maybe he did have to curate them a little. I'm, I'm giving him as much credit as I can give him. I here. think you're stretching that <laughs> one out. I remember hearing about the pet rock when I was a kid, but I thought it was a joke. I thought it was sure. a lie because someone was like, I'm going to sure. get you a pet rock. And I was like, okay, really? I could like, do that right now. I can, yeah, I can bend I down as backyard. I'm I got, I got a whole no, litter. The, the sort of collective <laughs> delusion, and this is, I mean, the power of marketing, right? If it, you can't think of a better example. Here's a rock. Please pay way too much for it and give it to your child. I guess the level above that would be sea monkeys. Because at least those were organisms. I I think they were brine shrimp. But not that you didn't do anything. Like you just put them in your tank and they did what they grew or they didn't. It's like kind of, well, at least when you had a gold, remember you'd win a goldfish at like a fair, like at your school and you'd take it home and you were all excited and it lasted like two hours. Yes. Yeah. That was rough. Or maybe my dad just flushed to, it and told to me to own a pet I don't know. is to know death. Yes. Yeah, except the pet rock. Right, except well, the pet rock. That's gonna outlive you. There, and I'm curious if anyone actually held on <laughs> to their pet rock. Is or, that it? Like, I'm gonna take it to college. I'm not allowed pets. Is this rock okay? It's going with <laughs> yeah, me. The apartment says no pets. I do have uh, Rocky here. Is that okay? And you could bequeath it, I suppose. I guess. Yep. Yeah. yeah that, it's gonna outlive the whole family. It's, it's still around. That's, that's the selling point. What about uh, what about Stretch Armstrong? Stretch Did Armstrong is is arguably if if the Pet Rock is on the the gold pedestal, Stretch Armstrong might be the silver medalist. Okay, now what did Stretch Armstrong do for those that don't Stretched. remember? He was a hunk of rubber in the shape of sort of a muscle man, like a sort of a beach, like a Venice beach. You muscle could change man. outfits. No, no outfits. No, changed. you just he stretched them out. And he was aggressively Caucasian. So there was no. <laughs> he was like, like. <laughs> Peach-colored, orange, blonde-haired, Make Aryan. Make no mistake what we're dealing with here. He was here. an Aryan ideal. So but you just pulled him apart. I so don't mean, you and I would have a tug-of-war with you could. this rubber. You didn't detach the limbs. You just stretched them out. That and was then, it. Have, wow. You're, and then you're it looking would, at me like, but what did you do? More than you could do with the pet it rock. Would, it would go back into its original Eventually, form? Eventually, yeah. It'll, it'll okay. shrink back. 
Hmm. That was it, though. And he, if I remember right, he had, I'd have to go back. Someone's, someone's out there probably listening to tell me I'm wrong. But I have an image of him in Hawaiian shorts for some reason. Weren't they wrestling shorts? I yeah, they like? might have been wrestling gear. Hawaiian shorts? Might have huh. been wrestling shorts that had a layer to it. But there was You're nothing right. too stretchy. There was nothing. It was a hunk of plastic or rubber or maybe some sort of vulcanized rubber that <laughs> they made especially. <laughs> it was probably a lab accident. They were setting out to make something else. This thing will said, always return to. And so stretch Armstrong. And Armstrong because he was built. Okay, so there we go. We got that. Now let's get a little more technical. Do you remember when, and I, I certainly remember this one, Speak and Spell. The speak and Spell. This was a little right. mini computer. That had to be thinking about it at the time period yeah. when you were a kid. That, that's it's amazing technology. This was a mini computer. That's what it was. And it could it had a little vocoder, so it could say the words and would show you an LED. Those of you who remember Toy Story, remember there was a Speak mm-hmm. and Spell in Toy Story. That was what it was, and it was. Did it? How did the voice? Do you remember the voice? Was it a little? It was how, a male was it voice. A voice? Um, I mean, mostly computerized, with a lot of distortion, but not um, not completely devoid of humanity. So you're not you're not listening to Hal nine thousand. <laughs> is it, is it um, Hal coming? Out? You spelled that wrong. Yeah, right, <laughs> but it was quite definitely computer voice. I mean, it wasn't a. But I remember getting that, and actually. It, it sort of turned learning or right. the idea of spelling into fun right. as opposed to right. just a flashcard or, or whatever it was. No, it was a educational, dedicated computer. It's quite valuable. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it had it, a little uh, handle so you could carry it around. Hey, didn't Elliot, didn't that allow E.T. to phone home? Was, was that pieces how they of did the it? Spe- I believe, I don't quote me on that, but I think I remember that something would, like that, that happening. Sure. Because I tried to do that myself, only nobody answered. <laughs> So I want to take a moment to go from the technological peak of the 70s with Speak and Spell to one maybe a little more archaic. What do you think about Lincoln Logs, Coach? Lincoln Logs. This is definitely moving down the technological ladder from Speak and Spell. Lincoln Logs were just what they sounded like. I mean, the Lincoln, I think, is the idea of Abraham Lincoln, born in a log cabin. So Lincoln Logs were like, like Tinker Toys or Legos, except they were little pieces of wood varying lengths and they had little indentations in them so you could build things with them and they were like wait you said things so you could build a lot of things yeah please. oh yeah let's let me go, tell you all on, the things please. you guys you got let, a minute? My, let me get my pen ready you got, a, you got a while here's what you could build with lincoln logs a log cabin that's <laughs> an it. outhouse that's about a it. logged outhouse so it anything yeah <laughs> any structure or any other log structure i mean you could I could change the word cabin, but I really haven't changed a log. log. This is a warming hut for the the for a log mansion. I mean, there's really. So I remember as a kid, I would build the log cabin at the end. Go, no, look, a log. Like what? What did I expect it to be? And then you'd put the log Lincoln logs away. They had a drum kind of round. It looked like an like the oatmeal container, except and they had the green. It was green Um, like wood for the the. There were green was like the blanks for yeah. for surfaces if you want. Oh, to build see, a porch, you know, a rocking porch. Like yes, you could build log cabins you with interior spa. It's my vegan cabin with a spa. <laughs> you weren't really doing anything on the inside. There was no there's no furniture. Uh, um, and I remember as a kid, you you do log Lincoln logs for however long you could stand to do them, put them away, and you wouldn't come back to them for several days. So if you came back, hey, I'm at home. There's nothing to do. Big wheels at the shop. I can't, so I can't go anywhere. 
Let's try Lincoln Logs. And I always used to remember, right. maybe I'm missing something. Let me give these guys a shot. You almost felt bad for This them. is what this oh, guy's you poor doing. guys. Like, what a, I'm sure it's my fault that I'm not deriving all the enjoyment I can out of you. But then you'd build and well, go, let's stay look on the that, building. The let's log. stay on the, the look at that. thing. And what about yeah. the erector set? So there were other set. building devices. The erector set was ah, Lincoln Logs for like engineers, that. right? It was just metal. Although there was a lot more to it. There was a lot of metal pieces with holes in them, and you could you could use the little rivets that came with it. I don't think I could build anything with that. I'm not technically – I, I, I don't have that. I would love to try it, but I have a feeling I'd fail. It was, again, a lot more like what you might see today oh, in a hands-on yeah. museum, you know, like you go to the science center or something. So you would build a structure out of these metal pieces, which I'm sure today would have 600,000. Oh, yeah, I can't them. imagine how many pieces came There's with that. There's a sharp edge or whatever. But it was – you can only imagine, you know, a dad coming home and seeing his – Son, because you didn't. Daughters weren't engineers in the seventies. <laughs> what are you kidding? Um, you got you got the easy bake oven, honey. That's what you get. We'll get it. The boy gets the erector set, and thinking he's going to be an engineer, he's going to build bridges well, he's and starting early. And towers. I don't know what you thought of as a Lincoln log. Like, he's getting his general contractor's license to. over here. <laughs> what if what if the apocalypse <laughs> happens? But the the real one had to be, and there was Tinker Toys. Tinker toys were wood, sticks, and little like connectors that look vaguely like cookies. They so I'm like seeing like a pattern here. Your childhood a lot was constructing your own idea of a toy. Yeah. You didn't so much, right. You bought you things so much to build a toy, right? I mean, right? You, yes, you bought you bought, you bought pieces of things that you could build into toys. And in the case of Lincoln Logs, that was a remarkably limited list. But in the case of Tinker Toys, now we're talking you can sort of build the skeleton of an animal if you felt like Did it. you ever do that? You could build a car. Oh, okay. I mean, that, that was... Yeah, you would, you would just sort of those visualize Those were pretty it. much... I don't remember... I remember yeah. hearing about them and seeing them, but I don't remember ever owning Tinker Toys. Oh, yeah. But nothing, and those of you at home, nothing has even a patch on the granddaddy of building... You're a big Lego guy. You Lego. mentioned that. Oh, my gosh. Who is it? Legos were everything because they solved the problem of Lincoln Logs, like remarkably limited. What can you build? Nothing. And the infinite, there's too much. Like Play-Doh has no limits. But Legos right in that sweet spot where you could, you want to build a dinosaur? Sure, you just got to do it out of these bricks here. But yes, you can. And almost instantly you knew what kind of kid you were dealing with when you opened up the Lego set, did they have, did that kid have a bunch of unsorted, undifferentiated Legos? You built whatever, or did they have a set with instructions and you follow the instructions and end up with a house? And you always wanted the kid, no, I'm doing whatever. Uh, yes, I have instructions. So just a tub of Legos. We're build you go over to someone's house, they pull out a tub of Legos, yeah. you build whatever you want, car blanche towards your own ideas. And you had shorthand, because. When you're playing with someone else and you need a particular piece, just pointing and saying, give me that one, that's no good because there's 25 over there. So you'd say, oh, give me the 4 by 2 yellow. And he knew exactly what you meant. This one here, bam. And there were – you, Did you win the set? Because by the time the 80s rolled around, I remember getting like a Star Wars Lego set where I could build, mm. you know, whatever the, the, the Star Wars – scene. did you have it to that level or did you right. just buy kits? 
But that's what I mean. That was kind of the, the Maginot line between what kind of kid are you? Because the more you got into the here's, here's Lego, build a Star Wars spaceship versus here's just a bunch of Legos, build whatever comes to mind. There was some fun in following the instructions and building the model, but almost immediately, once you'd done it, you disassembled it or you made improvements to it. No, 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 this engine needs to look like this. And you'd go to your set of Legos. So in my case, even though we had differentiated Legos for a spaceship, they instantly became part of the general meld. Like it was just, nope, this is a non-dedicated piece. This is a wing that could be used for anything at all. And I remember designing in my head how much engine power each individual Lego engine had. So if I said this this spaceship needs to move at this speed, that means this many engines on it. Wow, you really so got did. into the engineering in my well. Own it all mind. started with Lincoln Logs, see. Yeah. So it inspired this creativity. <laughs> Lincoln Logs, but the best part, I I was big into the space Legos, and it was always since it was the 70s and 80s, it was like hmm. NASA space, like what would NASA do? And I remember specifically they had little astronauts, and most of the astronaut suits were white that's what astronaut suits were like back then. They had little air tanks and little helmets and so on. But they rapidly went and had red astronauts. So in my mind, in the 70s the and 80s, Soviets. these are, of these course, are the, Soviets. Is the Russian program. Yeah, this is the Soviet program. And they had blue. And I decided that's the European Space Agency, whatever that is. <laughs> Just sort of lumped all of Europe together. This is like, Western like Europe, Germany this is Eastern Italy Europe. Separate, they didn't have distinct systems. Um, so as the, as the color of astronaut suits changed, I decided these are international astronauts. And I'd build little international moon bases. Go, look at that. There's an American and a Soviet You were solving the Cold War. You didn't so even know it. I was solving. And not just Soviet there was a, America. Everything. Like, this is long globally. before Rocky IV for our, for our listeners. Rocky this. IV wasn't even. You were already doing the diplomatic <laughs> duty. I was, I, was creating, I was creating the New World Order with Lego astronauts. And if you've ever seen um, those Lego movies, one of their little bits they do, I think Charlie Day plays the right. astronaut, the blue astronaut. The, if you look carefully, the, the chin piece of his helmet's real thin, because they were helmets with an opening where the Lego face could show. That chin piece was the thing that broke. If something was going to break on the helmet, it was going to be that. So I think in the movie, he's got a little line there. That's broken. Show, just... Yep, no, that's broken. That's been snapped in half. So that was my, Legos was my thing, and I'm going to apologize now to my parents for how many times they or must vacuumed have stepped up a piece on or something. Lego brick. Well, it's vacuuming, oh. you can hear it, but stepping yeah. on it in the middle of the night. Because they're for designed right. to cause damage to the <laughs> tender underside. Well, so we'll continue. You like that one. This one's a little more simplistic, but this is an old school one. What are we about Mr. Potato Head? Mr. Potato Head, I didn't get as much into... Uh, because I like to ascribe stories to my humaniform toys. <laughs> this was too... <laughs> so it was difficult to, like, rip Hannibal Lecter's face and, like, rip stuff off. And they were stored in his hindquarters. You're right. That was always disturbing to me. Where's his nose? It's, like, how does this... What's the anatomy of this? Um, and he always... He had the little... little the little hat. And he, uh, you always wonder, like, think what of do you, it now, that do? is kind of... That like, is kind of a what, lame What toy, are you? But... I played with it, like and my kids. You can still do something, but you can make facial expressions. I think what we're seeing, like, and I'm gonna let me get one more. Angry. I'm gonna tell you what what 
my hypothesis is of the 70s toys. Sort of summed up. See if you like it. Okay. What about the Etch-A-Sketch? Yeah, that was a, really just a sketch pad, except instead of a pencil or pen, you had knobs that you turned and made the, I don't even know what it was in there. Whatever stylus thing it was would push aside little sand, I think it was. And so you made drawings, and it was kind of tricky to figure it out. But the key with the Etch-A-Sketch is you turn it upside down and shook start it, all and over. all the sand reset. Start over. So it was a sketch pad. So what that you I'm seeing, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of these toys are your imagination. No, sky's the limit in terms of what you want to do with a lot of these. Granted, the limits for Lincoln Logs and Mr. Potato Head are, are probably going <laughs> to do that for you. Limits, but, but it seemed like a lot was left to your imagination. You weren't pigeonholed to an idea of what a toy was. Right. You were given, I think you said it a few minutes ago, you were given the tools with which you could make a toy. Now, like I said, in the case of Linking Logs, the toys you made were <laughs> worth playing with. But because, like, look, I made a building. You wouldn't have bought a building to play with. But yes, I think you're absolutely right about that hypothesis. Now, no, that's going to change. And being stuff? that I am a full blown product of 80s commercialism, it wasn't until very recent I figured out exactly why everything changed. And believe it or not, you knew it came down to, Coach Ronald Reagan. Yes, uh, President Ronald Reagan. Oh, the, my gosh president of my childhood, the first president that I remember. First impression I actually did was of Ronald Reagan. I'm not going to do it now because it's no good. My voice, but yeah, it comes down to the great marketing deregulation. So basically it was determined early on when television first started that children can influence 95% of selecting a restaurant, 89% of what beverages a family buys, and 80% of where a family vacation will be. They actually came up with a name for this. They called it Pester Power. So these numbers these, aren't just these was done. This, like So what happened was this. the Action for Children's Television, or ACT, was formed in 1968, right about when you know, we started to have children programming. And streets. Their findings were that. is that children cannot differentiate between a cartoon and a commercial. So they had certain regulations okay. as to what could be or how they could be targeted while a television show, particularly for children, was going on. Uh, because children, let's face it, are we, we're both fathers. We're, we're sons. And. I would completely pester my parents to get what I wanted. I mean, you go to the grocery store, and you have two different cans of SpaghettiOs. One has Batman on it, and the other has just the name brand. Which one do the kids want? They want the Batman. Right. right. And as I've, I've been led to believe that the cereal aisle, the kids' oh, yeah. cereals are at kid eye level. Right, so this is all marketing. This is all not done. So. Yeah. If we're looking at it now, you've you've got some of the uh, the regulate the guidelines for this. Okay. Um, the FCC, Federal Communications Commission, put these regulations in place, and some of them are sound kind of draconian. Uh, one of them, a minimum of 14 hours of television programming for children of all ages through the week. So, this was a mandate. This wasn't a suggestion. This was you. We're doing this. You're putting in 14 hours of programming. No commercials during children's shows. So they just ran. And, and this may not sound like much to us because we're not used to this, but a host on a children's show can't sell a product, can't be a hawker for a product. Well, that was already being phased out as it was, but you couldn't have your Sesame Street Mr. Hooper also selling 
whatever the, the company was trying to advertise. So these were all FCC regulations. And a show had to say, had to disclose when the television program was pausing and when the commercial was starting. Do you remember the show will be back after right. these messages or words like that? That was an FCC regulation so that a kid would know, oh, I get it, so we're switching, we're switching here. This was all in place. This was, we're, we're being very careful that we're marketing to children and if we're doing it, how we're doing it. So things were working pretty well until we get back. And in 1981, one of the first things he did was appoint a guy named Mark Fowler as the new head of the FCC. And one of the first things this Fowler guy did was deregulate everything that had been put in place. He claimed that the marketplace should dictate what was to be successful and nothing should stand in the way of that. Well, with deregulation lifted and no restrictions holding them back, manufacturers could now basically do whatever the hell they wanted. This is why you see an explosion of toys, cartoons, candy, fast food items, and junk food in the 80s. That's what I grew up on was this. In fact, there was a 300% increase in cartoons that had licensed characters. As much as we love these shows, and we're going to probably have an episode where we talk about a lot of these, that they were nothing more than large commercials. And, and looking back on it, I can see exactly why it went down the way it was and why I was bamboozled like so many millions of other kids from the 80s. So now we've moved on to 80s toys, and let's see if we can see the difference between it. Let's do the same sort of thing where we're just going to name some 80s toys. This time I'll name them, and we'll get your thoughts on, did you have this? Did you play with it? What, was your, what were your thoughts on it? Now, the one we're going to start with is special to us because of our the entire podcast is named after this, and that's the Rubik's Cube. <laughs> I uh, you have one of those. I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I've been through some therapy about it. I have never successfully completed <laughs> the Rubik's Cube. But you know what's good about that? You didn't take the cheater method of stripping the stickers. Oh, off. I did. I'm just now, just I'm not, I'm owning that. up to the fact oh, that I've never did. actually never completed it. And what's worse is I have students that can complete it today in less than a minute. Mm. I don't, there's something wrong with me. That's what I've come to the conclusion. Or them, could be them. Yeah, for those of you, I think everyone knows what that is. That's the cube that has nine squares per side, per face. And you scramble it up. And each, I'm sorry, each face was a different color. You scramble it up, so now you have a mixture of colors in all the faces, and it's your job to get them back. I saw it done, and I've seen people that were amazing, color. and it looks good. And I had some very – they had some that weren't cubes that we had at different times. I just – I didn't have the patience for it, and maybe I'll – That'll be a New Year's resolution for me one of these days. That was, I think that was another in a series, and we're going to see some more of these. That was another in a series of toys that people marketed as educational, even if they couldn't That's necessarily fair. identify how. Like, how is this helping with spatial relationships? I don't know, but look at them. The smart kid can do it, so it's got to be some that smart kids know how to do. There was no real... I, I think it was definitely a associated with... Sp- Somebody being smart if they could complete this task. Right. Right. As you're saying now, I can, make, I can do a Rubik's Cube in a minute that, <laughs> as if that means something. Okay. Then we'll go in a little bit more artistic. Light Bright. Um, I have the Light, the Light Bright. Bright. I actually still think the Light Bright okay. is kind of a cool idea. Sort of the create. Like you said, it was a chance to. They, it would come with those sort of pre-cut 
pictures and you would put, but you know, you oh, could patterns, change up sure. whatever color you wanted to put, but they had the designs and then they had, I think some free form, or maybe I just took them and pushed them where they weren't supposed to go to create my own thing. But no, I definitely play with the light bright. I remember the light bright. Yeah. And you could make some fun little, lit up the little plastic, uh, yeah. Crystals or beads or whatever you want to call them would light up nicely and you make a little rainbow or a butterfly or whatever. Uh, about now we talked about the Nerf ball and it's maybe spiritual success. The Kush ball. Yeah, I had that. Kush ball. Yeah. I mean, that's something that yeah. I might still have one somewhere, but I remember we would play that around and it would be oh. the little, you know, throw it here and you would throw it and then back and forth and you'd spend hours with the Kush ball. I mean, it was. You, I think we, right. yeah, game a tag or, you know, however, you know, we would throw sure. the kush ball at people, too. <laughs> Even at high speed, though, the kush ball was close to harmless. Maybe not quite as harmless as the nerf, but pretty close to harmless. Now, this is one that's actually unknown. The glow worm. Yeah, the glow worm. I did not have one. one of these. And if I did, I might not admit it. Uh, but it was, <laughs> a, it was a worm-looking thing with a nice human looking face and you would hug it or squeeze it and it would light up the face would light up at night so it was kind of like a nightlight oh, slash <coughs> blanket nightlight. for okay. a kid they but would hug it and it would it, i believe there was a, a cartoon based on it too but i could be wrong okay and then uh, oh the oh pound pound this is this is right up there with cabbage patch yeah. kids i mean pound puppies you would have these okay dogs that were somehow abandoned and you would adopt these dogs they came in this little almost like Aww. a kennel and they each had i think they had like paperwork that went with it too or something and oh. that one i like that because i've always liked dogs and oh, but it was, also just, you that's think a good so message, yeah just the whole rescue and this also idea. especially if you're if you're focusing more on the rescue, then how did this come to pass? Like, how, yeah, I don't. How th- was this yeah, dog I wasn't on some vigilante. I'm getting even. <laughs> who's the bastard to let this dog go? No, I didn't. Uh, but no, they and that was another one. Now that we understand the deregulation, they had a cartoon for pound puppies. So yes, I did okay. have actually okay. have a pound puppy. Now this one I actually know, but I I know because of my daughter. So that's how this is the time difference. Yeah, no, I did Polly not Pocket. play with Polly Pocket, but I've seen Polly Pockets. It's just You've a little, yeah, right, little thing goes in your pocket. Right, very very miniature small. type things. Really really small, and I think they were magnetized so that your little stage on which you could place them. If you move levers, the magnets would move, and the little Polly Pocket would do things. Um, then there was, but this one's a tricky one because of the origin. I the did not have these, but I remember. Do you remember these? These were yeah. a huge yes. thing, I and I song. just, my mom thought they were strange looking and refused to ever buy one for me. And I'm not upset. I don't right. feel like I missed out on anything. But these like took the world over, didn't they? Yeah, they had a they had a very catchy theme song that was really just the name Monchichi oh, over and over. It just. <laughs> Really wasn't a good Gun song, but it worked. Yeah, it was the it was right. the uh, Cars for Kids song, you know. And then um, I do remember the Mad Balls. Mad in Ball. fact, there's a reference if you in Ready Player One to Mad Balls. It made me think of it. You throw okay. it. It was just a ball that you would throw, but they had an ugly face that you could flatten. You could squeeze it. It, it, it that was pretty much oh, okay. it. It was a ball that looked ugly. That's I don't know how else it didn't do anything else. It was ball. just a weird looking and mad in the sense of angry. 
not mad in the sense of insane. You know what? I don't know. I think it could go either way. Like, like, They're just mad. Look at this mad ball. Balls. I mean, He's I think I had it. one. It was called Screaming <laughs> Mimi. I had that one, I think. <laughs> they. Oh, yeah, so but there wasn't the names, a large selection. I remember Collect that. them all. Collect all the mad balls. Um, I'm going to go to the last one here because I know this one. This one can talk for a while, literally. That's oh, the Teddy, Teddy Ruxpin, Ruxpin absolutely. Well, doll maybe is the wrong word. Maybe we're I think it was called the doll, though. I mean, it was. Okay. This was the this first was a talking. Like an articulate. It was. It, it kind of, remember, remember it, would, it would sit there and it looked like a box with fur on it. Just I remember it because you'd put the tape mm -hmm. cassette in the back. So it was basically right. your tape recorder that was there covered in fur. And so the arms, you could hug it. But it was like it wasn't comfortable to hug. It didn't. It would. It, no, but it. it moved, yeah, it would. It, like it would move left. I think its eyes. Its would, definitely, the eyes would blink. It mouth moved, but not. It didn't articulate. No, no, no. It, it just changed. Uh, yeah, its just like your standard letters, Chuck E. Cheese animatronic. Right, but it was one that you and it had like a child's voice. Right, like a but it was very. It was very calm. It was. I mean, let's go back and stop and think. We're making fun of it now, but at the time. That was freaking really cool oh gosh, to have yeah. a, uh, a talking toy. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't as big a leap to imagine this thing is. Yeah. this thing really does. Look like at me. he's looking this, right I really at me. You have a friend in this, and he's speaking, and everything he says sense. is supportive Makes me just and feel good. good. <laughs> there, there were no, there were right, no. Can you imagine that one? That you You're wearing that to school. Get up! <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> she doesn't like you. Don't give her a mixtape. What's wrong with you? And that, I think, wasn't that, don't you consider that the origin of the movie? I Pet? think that that would wasn't certainly that be an inspiration for the idea because there was a couple other things that came out that were that got a little bit better, but that was a huge thing. The, for the early on, uh, Teddy Ruxpin was everywhere, and it was very expensive. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. The other one, that going back to the educational, in a way that no one can really articulate, well, I guess memory that would oh, be the Simon no, game. that was that, that game. Yeah, you would. The colors uh, and the sounds. <clears throat> I remember the commercials. Again, now, now that I'm thinking back to this deregulate, we were completely targeted at that point. It was a kid, and he was going against right. Simon, and this crowd of people were cheering him on. And at the end, he goes, thank you, Simon, because he had won. It's the game where it goes yellow light, red light, whatever, and you would have to follow the pattern, beep, boop, boop, you know, around. And I actually right. got pretty good at it. That was one that it was – yeah, there were lights and sounds. Only four of them. It would get faster and just more kept erratic. More and more complex, right? And it it had sort of a, a raspberry yeah. sound if you failed. Yeah, yeah he like was, was his way of laughing you. computerly at me. Is that all you got? But again, I think that was another one of those educational, like this will help your kids' memory. I, it's certainly not and hurting my memory. It I don't, did, I don't you know, really know, hurt my hand when I would punch um, it out of frustration. But I don't. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they were durable. They actually Damn work. It, Simon, of, I think someone you know, knew this is going to take a beating. Cheater. This is going to take a beating. Need to make this one. Good. Uh, I, I, this, I think we'll, we'll close for now on this one because this is one that I think has transcended time a little bit. Oh, and That's yes. the Magic 8-Ball. I did have did a Magic 8-Ball. I think I broke it? it open to see what it was all about. So I didn't really oh. – I've never really been into the idea of – Sub, I, if you want to even call it that, that's, uh, that, I think I we're, that's I think we're stretching that out, but ball. just, 
I don't know. I didn't see much fun in it, but I knew people that did. They would real not like they would really. Uh, should I ask her out and then shake it? Nope, nope. Says I shouldn't do it. That's no, it. I, I don't know anyone that really looked at it like that. But more of, you know, just kind of fun. Let's shake it. Well, nine nine tenths of the answers. They're were all open. open. To, you know, broad interpretation. <laughs> Subjective interpretation. Like, like, it was it was like a dodecahedron inside or something that had maybe twelve yeah. or fifteen surfaces, and it floated to the top of. So the, the, the it the was dark, was so you couldn't see when looking down, and then it would float up to the top. That and then you look through little, the yeah, little that little window, window, the cube, whatever or whatever it was. I don't know why eight ball was important to the mythology of this device, like why it needed to be an eight ball. You know what's funny though? Table. That has not died out because remember Seinfeld, David Putty got an eight ball jacket. He goes, you got to talk to the eight ball, yeah. and I still say that to this day. So yes, it has stood the test of the time. Talk to the eight ball. That's. Perhaps we need an eight ball, magic eight ball for the times because the questions kid at, That's kids true, ask huh? will be different. We should so restart maybe the answers this. Need to be it's a million dollar on. idea. We start the magic eight ball for this. Hey, someone sold a <laughs> At least we could do is come up with our own eight ball. <laughs> As a living pet, I think we could do the eight ball. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Latchkey Files. If you'd like to experience more from us, you can find Sean O'Brien's science fiction books on Amazon, Nook, Audible, and most other book and audiobook retailers. You can also go to his website at seanobrienauthor.com. And if you're looking to get in better shape, both physically and mentally, check out Chris Varner's lifestyle and fitness YouTube channel called Just a Dad Bod.